Hey everyone, I've got some exciting news for you. My brand new book, E-Commerce Growth Strategy, a brand-driven approach to attract shoppers, build community and retain customers is out now. Want to catapult your brand from obscurity to unstoppable? This is the guide you've been waiting for. Drawing from years on hands-on experience and insights from this podcast from over 400 episodes we've recorded have distilled everything into one essential playbook. Whether you're a founder, an e-commerce executive, or a C-suite bigwig, this book has got something for you. So head over to Amazon or any major book website and grab a copy. Let's turn those insights into bottom line growth. Your journey from zero to iconic starts here. The ones that we remember are the ones that speak to us based on where we are. They're highlighting a pain point we're experiencing. They're presenting a solution that's novel that we feel like can, can help our lives. And at the end of the day, they're presenting it in a way that's very simple. We go back to that audience first mentality. Rather than the day and guessing the day and time of who, when your target customer is watching, tell us who they are. And regardless of what they're watching and when they're watching, we'll reach that customer. To grow a brand, we have to delight our customers. That's ultimately what it comes down to. Are you delighting your customers? Are you providing them unparalleled value versus the alternatives? And that value can be emotional, it can be functional, it could be pricing. It's a whole host of things combined into one. So in today's episode, we talk about connected TV, which could potentially be your top of funnel channel that would make your mid and bottom funnel channels actually easier from a marketing perspective. It's a great episode you do not want to miss, so do stay tuned. This is the 2X e-commerce podcast hosted by Kunle Campbell. So welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. I'm your host, Kunle Campbell, and this is the podcast dedicated to rapid growth in e-commerce, consumer brands and all that good stuff. Today's episode, super exciting. I know I always say super exciting, but it is really indeed super exciting because um, we haven't actually spoken about this subject on the podcast it is. I'll, I'll give you a, a just a bio read of of the guest, and I'll tell you a little bit about what we're going to talk about, and then we'll take it from there. So, Ditya Varanasi never dreamt of being an entrepreneur until he was faced with a choice: take a risk or sink back into corporate America. Today, he's the co-founder, or actually, he's the founder and CEO of Awarity, where they disrupt the advertising industry by making world-class marketing more affordable, sustainable for up-and-coming companies like yourselves. He graduated with a BS in chemical engineering from Purdue University and earned his MBA from the Kellogg School of Management. He spent about 14 years in in PepsiCo, um, which we're going to talk about, where he pioneered new ways to unlock the power of digital media across a wide range of brands, including Cheetos, Crackers, Jacks, and Lay Stacks. Super accomplished executive moved into who's moved into um, you know um, essentially digital um, advertising and today we're going to talk. In fact, let let me just welcome welcome Aditya. Hey, thanks for having me on, Kunlay. Really appreciate it. Fantastic, fantastic. Great. I would like you to just give us a bit of background about yourself um, and 
essentially share go as far back as you want. So you could start, <laughs> if, you know, um, from high school, or you could start from uni, or you could just start from you know your your first um, gig. Yeah. Um, so we just get a backstory of who 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 you are. Yeah, you know, gr- growing up, um, I, I wanted to be a doctor. You know, I think my goal growing up was I just wanted to get a good paying job and uh, have some stability. And um, I started at Purdue in pre med and and uh, chemistry. But then I quickly realized, hey, I may I may want to I may not want to be in school for as long as it requires to become a doctor. And um, I switched from chemistry to chemical engineering for no better reason than I heard chemical engineering was really hard. So I said, let's try it out. And um, I ultimately graduated with the degree in chemical engineering, decided not to pursue medicine and uh, ended up at a snack food company, which I would have never imagined. You know, I remember when I got called and invited for the interview with Frito-Lay in, in Texas. First off, I'd never been to Texas. Uh, but I told, uh, I told my, my wife was my girlfriend at the time. And I told her, I said, free trip to Texas. Uh, let's see what this is, a practice interview. And uh, I came down and I was really intrigued. And what drew me to Frito-Lay was that it's a market leader. And everybody there had an affinity for excellence. They were trying to make sure everything they did was better than every other competitor. And that, and that experience made me think, wow, I could really learn here. I could be challenged here. I could be part of a market leader. And ultimately, I ended up accepting. I was fortunate to get a job offer and accepted the job with, with Frito-Lay. That was where I first got exposed to marketing. So I was in the R&D group as an engineer developing new products. And I got exposed to marketing because I had to work with the brand teams on developing new products. So I would attend focus groups, see customer research. And I thought, this is really fascinating. Mm. As much as I was an engineer and wired analytically, I always loved creative challenges. I used to, I used to do pencil sketches. I played violin in the Purdue Orchestra. So I always loved the creative side and embracing that. And marketing allowed me to kind of do both. And I loved it so much. So I ultimately pursued an MBA, uh, came back to Frito-Lay in the brand marketing group. And there, there was one big lesson I learned about marketing that I think is applicable to everyone. You know, take a company like PepsiCo. They're a marketing leader. They've been perfecting the science of marketing for hundreds of years. And it really comes down to embracing the notion that a consumer has to see you several times before they take action. I mean, take a brand like Cheetos. Everybody knows what Cheetos are. Everybody. I don't need to build brand awareness on Cheetos. 100% of people know what it is. Uh, But Cheetos still runs TV advertising. Why would a brand like Cheetos need TV advertising? If everybody already knows what it is, why would they need to build awareness? Well, every day, Cheetos is competing for mindshare across the world of snacks. Snacks include healthy snacks like carrots. It could include other fun snacks like goldfish. It could include cookies, ice cream, a whole host of things. But Cheetos is unique in that it's orange, it's messy. When you eat it, you feel like a kid again. And that's very unique in the world of snacking. So the TV advertising just reminds consumers, this is orange, messy, and gives you that moment where you feel like a kid again. And that's unique. So a consumer sees it and they're thinking, Cheetos. And this isn't the literal thought, but they feel the emotion of, I I feel like a kid when I have Cheetos. And so it's in the back of their mind. Then when they go to the store and they see Cheetos on a merchandising unit, they're saying, I was just thinking of Cheetos the other day. 
Then if it happens to be on sale, they'll just pick up the bag and say, wow, it's 50 cents off. I'm going to buy it. But it's the culmination of the TV advertising, the previous experiences with the brand, the way the packaging stands out, the way the merchandising stands out, the pricing, all of that culminates to ultimately drive the purchase, even on a high awareness brand. And so you think about that for lower awareness brands, brands that don't have the same awareness as Cheetos, which most don't, that journey becomes even more and more important. And so what I took away is that full funnel approach is critical to success. I left PepsiCo. I was hired by a private equity firm to run a startup. So it was my first time with a small business with a limited marketing budget. And we just started this, this brand uh, and I wanted to advertise. I said, I'm going to apply everything I learned from PepsiCo and we're going to grow this e-commerce insurance brand that we just developed. But I looked and I said, how do I find something at the top of the funnel that's efficient? And I couldn't, I couldn't find it. We had a very specific customer profile that I wanted to reach. If I bought a TV advertisement, well, I would reach everybody and I'd spend money on reaching everyone. If we bought a newspaper advertisement, it'd be the same thing. And so I said, what can be, what's efficient enough and affordable enough? Because that carries, those carry high ticket prices. And I realized there's a huge opportunity here. We're able to do things on social and search and be successful there because Google and Meta have created some great tools for smaller businesses to have targeted advertising. But those are more on the engagement and purchase side of the funnel. And I ultimately left that firm and started Awarity. And our mission is to make world-class advertising accessible to everyone. And we do that with banner ads. Those are the ads you see on websites. Two-thirds of the time we spend online is actually on websites. And so you can reach almost anyone. And we serve connected TV commercials. Here in the US, over 85% of households are now streaming, watching TV on streaming television. It's surpassed cable in terms of consumption. And so your ability, again, to reach a very broad audience is high, but both of these channels allow you to be really, really targeted. And so instead of, let's say I have a restaurant in the middle of a town, and I only service people that live within five miles of there. I can now set up advertising that only serves ads to people within five miles instead of buying a commercial across the entire metro area where there's a lot of people that'll see the commercial that I'll pay to see the commercial that won't see it. So that's kind of the journey to where we got now. I started the business in 2016. We did a lot of testing and validation and started to scale it up in, in 2018. Uh, this past year, we were named one of the fastest growing companies in the U.S. by Inc. Magazine uh, the, and around number 200 in the marketing industry in the U.S. Uh, for, for growth. So, you know, really excited that businesses that embrace the need for awareness advertising are turning to us. We feel fortunate to be able to partner with them. And their small business is so important to our overall economy. It's a really exciting place to, to to, to support. Uh, that's, that's a really, really, you know, good, good precursor to what you're doing at Awarity. And I really, really want to dig into like the connected, you know, um, TV space. But before we do that, you talked about your experience in PepsiCo um, and the, your, your awareness of channels of, of just going multi channel to, to, to essentially, you know, reach the customer a number of times. So you, you get that conversion what what's your take for for brand now today like consumer new consumer brands you know challenger consumer brands looking to 
to to to to to get you know um that awareness piece right so so that um you know channels like um you know facebook google all work really hard and you know get get a better bang for 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 their buck yeah so that it's a great it's a great question and look everybody's marketing budget is limited and everybody feels like they don't have enough money to do everything they'd like to do so they have to prioritize the biggest mistake that I see is people prioritize the finish line and not the full journey. So with that, they pour most of their dollars into what they call performance marketing. Performance marketing is really where you're advertising people closest to purchase, but then they completely neglect the notion of generating demand, building awareness and generating demand at the top of the funnel. So what ends up happening is you show good results where, hey, we are converting, we're spending a dollar, we're getting $2 back, but you're doing it with a very, very small audience and you're not doing anything to expand that audience and bring more people in the funnel. And so what happens with that cycle, and I've seen it with a lot of businesses, is they just keep pouring more money into Google, more money into Facebook till they reach a point of diminishing returns. And then they're kind of capped out. And if you take a step back and say, hey, really, to grow a brand, we have to delight our customers. That's ultimately what it comes down to. Are you delighting your customers? Are you providing them unparalleled value versus the alternatives? And that value can be emotional, it can be functional, it could be pricing. It's a whole host of things combined into one. And if you're providing customers value, you have to meet them on their journey, not the way that we want to sell, you know, think about the last time as a brand decision maker, you've made a purchase. Well, you didn't want to be spoken to in terms of performance marketing. You want to be met for where you are on the journey. So when you're learning about a brand, there's some different thoughts and questions and things that stand out. We're exposed to four to 6,000 ads a day here in the US. Yet, I don't know anybody that can recall more than 10 that they've maybe seen in a day. Hmm. The ones that we remember are the ones that speak to us based on where we are. They're highlighting a pain point we're experiencing. They're presenting a solution that's novel that we feel like can, can help our lives. And at the end of the day, they're presenting it in a way that's very simple because at that initial introduction, you have a split second to capture someone's attention and they convey a complex story in a very, very simple manner. And when you do that, you start to build brand awareness. And as you have that brand awareness, you start thinking about that business. You may not click on the ad and buy right away, but you're thinking about that brand. Then you may notice something on social, or you may have a need arise where that brand can help. And think about something that may happen. If your car breaks, what's the first brand you think about? Or what's the first mechanic you think of going to to get your car fixed? Or if you're hungry, what's the first restaurant you think of going to? The ones that you're thinking of are the ones that have the highest brand awareness for you. And investing in awareness gets you into that consideration set. Then when you go and run a search on Google, you're more likely to click on the brand you recognize versus the brands you don't recognize. And so it all works together. But unfortunately, too many people look at these channels in isolation versus the combination of that full journey. The thing that's amazed me most with this business, which I didn't expect, is that B2B brands that embrace this are seeing great, successful growth. So you might think, well, that works for consumers. What about niche B2B brands? So let's imagine you're selling 
cloud computer migration for small business. You have a niche audience, you have a niche product. Well, if you start advertising to business owners, you start advertising on websites where people are reading about migrating to the cloud or how the cloud can help you. There's tons of blog content out there. There's tons of articles out there and start advertising alongside there, but only in the areas of the country that you serve, you're now building brand awareness with a very targeted audience versus, and, and you can do so much more cost effectively because you're only trying to reach a small subset of people versus traditional advertising would make you reach everyone and waste a lot of money advertising to people that may not buy from you. So, 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 so is, yeah. a thought, is a thought process content? So um, where, where are the platforms in which you know, people are educating themselves in this case on you know, cloud computing and, and then affiliating yourself and targeting, whether it's through Google units or directly, what, what is the thought process there? You know, I, I, think it's, I think it starts with what's the goal? If the goal is to build awareness, you want to try to build awareness with where the customer is. So I always believe for most brands, we all research things on the internet. So banner ads can be a great tool for virtually any business because you can be content, you can have content specific advertising. When somebody's reading about a topic you can help with, you can advertise there. People use trade shows, people use billboards, people can use radio, people can use specific print. You know, if you're in cloud computing, uh, maybe you want to be in technically in technically focused magazines where people are reading that content in conjunction to the, to the website. If you're a local restaurant, maybe you only want to advertise locally with banner ads. So when people are are online visiting websites within your zip codes, then you can you can reach them. But at the same time, maybe there's a neighborhood newspaper that services the same area. That's another way to build a word. So it's never a one size fits all. I think what you should take a step back and think about is what's the content your customers is consuming that you can reach them at scale and think about those as the channels, then look at how, how expensive they are. So what's the absolute cost, how efficient it is, what percentage of those people are actually prospective customers. And then you can look at your effective costs for reaching a new customer and make a cost comparison to prioritize which of these awareness channels makes the most sense. Then after you get there, you think about how they're engaging and learning more. How is your website structured? Does it introduce the key points of difference and then provide more information? Does it provide kind of a seamless journey to educate them? Uh, are you utilizing social media and retargeting to bring people back to your website after they've learned about you? Are you utilizing email marketing to curate leads and past customers? Then there's a host of other channels to get in front of the people that are learning about you so that you stay in front of them. And the more you stay in front of them, you're ultimately likely to convert because as they have a need arise, you're, they're going to be thinking of you first. And that conversion can be done, again, via email. It could be done via paid search. It could be done via SEO optimization. It could be done in part due to the way your website's architected to make the user flow seamless in the way they want to be spoken to and the information that matters to them as they're making the purchase. And so it's really about architecting that full experience. Where are they doing their research and learning? Where are they engaging to try to learn more and try to get into more detail? And ultimately, what are the key points when they make a purchase that they're, that they're looking for? And what are the ad channels where you can present those messages across that journey? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Research, you know, just following up about that journey um, to, 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 to watch your, your eventual purchase of, of your product. I, I want to speak to to Connected TV, you know, as a, and, and banner ads also, Connected TV and banner ads as, as um, potential media channels to, to for, for that a brand awareness piece as, as you, you speak to, because a lot of us in the industry, if, if you look at the biggest sort of challenger brands, most of them started off with Facebook ads or some really viral trend or viral video or, you know, some, some sorts of media that started digitally. And as they hit certain thresholds, maybe they hit the $50 million in revenue mark. They then say, okay, now's the time to go for a national TV um, you know, um, you know, advertising campaign. Now's the time to start to deploy capital in, in TV. You're saying the reverse, which is people should start to consider connected TV and banner ads at scale, top of funnel. It creates awareness. And then um, with with that, it, it just makes your 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 efficiency of, of other channels further down the funnel, like your Google ads, your Facebook ad campaigns, you exactly. know, a, a lot more efficient. Um, and and then you pour more awareness at the top of the funnel, and, and they it just it trickles down to like a waterfall, you know, experience. So exactly going deep into connected TV because no one's really talked about this top of funnel, you know, um, um, you know, um, channel on, on this web on on this um, podcast, not website. What do we need to think about from a media perspective? So with Facebook, we know yeah. short form video works. So we know, okay, if you go 15 seconds and, and there's, there's a lot of, rep, you know, frequency, there's a lot of, re, there's reach frequency, you know, it, it could eventually work, you know. So, so, so what should we be thinking about in the media? What are the first principles? Yes. The most, the, the most important things are reach, frequency, and presenting a compelling message. So reach is... Are you reaching the right people? Are you reaching them efficiently? And are you reaching enough of them? The second is frequency. You don't want to reach them 50 times in a month. You're going to get to a point of diminishing returns if you reach them too frequently within a certain time period, like a month. But you want to reach them enough. You also don't want to reach them once a month because then it's going to be harder for them to remember you. So we always say when you're in prospecting, you definitely want to be north of two at a bare, bare minimum. But generally, you want to be at least four to six to eight per month in terms of frequency on on a newer brand. But then you have to present a message that resonates with that audience and something that speaks to them, addresses their pain points, and presents them a solution that somehow makes their life a little bit better. And so banner ads and connected TV are great for that because if you take a step back, let's say you've got an e-commerce brand that is premium. So it generally resonates with a higher income consumer. If you go rely solely on social media, for example, well, less than half of social media users are in the platform daily. I could go days without being in Facebook, but then I might go a few days where I'm checking in and, and looking at stuff but you're likely going to miss me if you're relying on Facebook to advertise to me. But if you utilize banner ads or connected TV, we're all watching TV and we're, everybody is on websites consuming content every day. It's a great way to reach audiences that expands beyond just one app 
on your phone or, or computer. Now, the other thing that's, that's really interesting about these, which is why I believe they're phenomenal solutions for smaller brands, is they can be hyper-efficient. Again, let's go back to this example of you're a premium brand. Well, if you buy a traditional broadcast TV advertisement, you're advertising to everyone. There may only be 25% of the people viewing that are actually an eligible customer. That means 75% of the dollars you just spent are, are wasted because you're advertising the people that are not likely a cu- customer and your message isn't likely to resonate with them. And so what banner ads and connected TV allow you to do is pinpoint the households you want to see it. You can not only geographically constrain them to geographies that you know meet the demographics you're looking for, but you can also be content specific on who you're serving those to. So for example, if, you, if your company specializes in heating repair and you tailor to a more affluent customer because you sell a more expensive, energy efficient product, you're going to want to advertise differently than another company that provides heating repair that maybe has a value proposition where they're saying, hey, we're more affordable. And if you pay us you know, $100 per year, we'll come and repair whatever you need all year long. That, those are two very different messages that tailor to two very different households. Banner ads and Connected TV allow you to pinpoint the right places to mention. So you go back to the example of broadcast and maybe only 25% of the households, are, are the message is relevant for them. With Connected TV, then you can cut your budget by 75% you can get the same effect by spending a fraction of what you would spend on broadcast with connected TV and still get the same impact. And that's why this new digital technology is so excited is it lets you be so much more efficient with your ad spend, pinpoint the people you want to reach, and you don't compromise effectiveness because you're now being very precise in where these messages are going and you can do it at scale. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So what are the, the, the targeting parameters? So you talked about um, demographics mm-hmm. or income, uh, I would think interest based on the channels they frequent. Um, I also see a plethora of, um, of, of, of platforms within connected TV, Roku, Fire TV, Chromecast. How, how does it work? You know, Apple TV is even in that mix. How yeah. do, when do you plot? What are the options? I'm I'm slightly confused. So are you sort of are you buying media from Roku, for instance, or from it's, Amazon? Yes. Okay. What we will do, and, and look, most of our connected TV advertising is done in the US. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to speak a little bit more to what's available in the United States. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, each each country has slightly different rules and, and laws on data usage. But the first thing we'll do is we'll geographically exclude. So we'll pick postal codes that meet the base demographics of the brand, of of who the brand is targeting. So if there's certain income parameters or home ownership parameters or Mm -hmm. other demographic parameters, we'll isolate those. So instead of advertising to the market at large, we'll only advertise in those postal codes that meet the specific demographics of the brand. In the U.S., we can also layer in specific audience data. We can say we only want to serve these commercials to households that have kids under 12 because that's where the product resonates. And we can use data to identify which households they are. It's all anonymized data. So we don't have any personal information. We don't know anything about the household. We just mm-hmm. have an identifier to say 
this is the device we're going to target with, with the ad message. Okay. And so you also have a host of audience data that you can curate. And then there's content level data. You could say, hey, within these zip codes, we want to target, if it's a travel brand, for example, we want to target content related to travel and mm-hmm. travel shows and travel programming. And then it distributes, whether it's the date, household data or the content across a wide range of apps and services. So it could be Roku, it could be Hulu, it could be uh, it could be one of the cable networks like NBC or ABC. It could be one of the news networks. It could be something like Home Garden TV or Food TV. Based on what that consumer's watching, if they fit the profile we're targeting, then we'll try to serve the commercial to them. Let's take a short pause to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Hey, Commerce Trailblazers, ready for a game changer in your podcast lineup? I've got just the thing, Tread Secrets, a new podcast that's all about giving you the operational edge in e-commerce. Let's got straight to the chase. Unlike most e-commerce podcasts that dwell on marketing and growth stories, Tread Secrets dives deep into the operational heart of e-commerce. This is where the real magic happens. Why tune in? Because Tread Secrets brings you the nuts and bolts of e-commerce success. We're talking the nitty gritty of inventory hacks, cash flow management, sales strategies, supply chain intricacies, product sourcing secrets, and the ins and outs of financing. It's the operational wisdom you need to keep your business not just running, but thriving. Hosted by Peter Beckman, CEO of Tread, the, this podcast is a treasure trove of insights from industry experts and successful e-commerce practitioners. It's like having a roundtable of mentors, each sharing their best kept operational secrets. Don't let this opportunity slip through your fingers. Search for Tread Secrets on your favorite podcast app or visit tread.io slash podcast. That's T-R-E-Y-D dot I-O slash podcast. Hit the subscribe button and stay ahead of the dynamic world of e-commerce. Remember, it's T-R-E-Y-D Secrets, the podcast where e-commerce operations meet success. Tune in now and transform the way you do business. So I, I'm assuming that the media would be, you know, TV commercial quality media. Yes. Okay. So it's high definition, you, 1080p. Four, okay, yep. 1080p. So, so you don't even need um, 4K? No. No, okay. most commercials are still 1080p. And, and they're in 16 by 9, I presume. Yes, yes. Okay. And we'll even Which produce landscape? the commercial for you. Um, we recognize a lot of small businesses don't have a commercial, but they have a lot of footage we'll edit and put together commercial for a fixed fee of, of $1,500. Okay. Um, okay. Which, to test the waters and, and see. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. And, and then what is the expectation of, of, um, of, of the audience, you know, on the other side, do, um, do, do they expect a certain level of um, TV commercials? You know, this is you and yes. I, you know, in, in, in we, our, okay. we guarantee a certain number of views of the commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing we tell them is you'll see an increase in your website traffic. If you get a commercial out that speaks to a customer pain point, we're reaching the right people, we can get more people to the website. Now, that doesn't always translate to immediate sales. For some businesses, it does. For some businesses, there's friction along the way. There's competitive dynamics. There's pricing dynamics. There's a host of other factors that ultimately go into the purchase decision. But what I always tell them as advertisers, what we have the greatest influence on is getting new people 
to our clients' websites. And that's Mm -hmm. something we've shown time and again, that whether it's TV advertising or banner advertising, we can get new people to our clients' websites more efficiently than anything else out there. Which which can then be retargeted, you know, with 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 other media. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So so that makes sense. And um, commercials run for for thirty seconds. Are they thirty second slots typically? Our standard slot is thirty seconds. We've had some clients that wanted to run sixty seconds. Personally, I think that's a little long. You're Mm -hmm. you're asking people to pay attention for sixty seconds, and specifically if you're trying to build awareness, less is more. Mm -hmm. You want something they're going to remember. And if it's longer than 30 seconds, it just gets harder to remember that singular message. 15 seconds can be successful too. Uh, if you have a message you can get across in 15 seconds, that that works too. But we've seen the sweet spot in terms of cost and cost per view is 30 seconds. 30 seconds, that makes sense. And the... They, they, they get traffic, they, they get a flurry of traffic, there's targeting, um, and you can help out with, with the media, which, which, which makes no sense. Um, what about call to actions? Um, do you, do, is this purely an awareness play? Obviously, you know that there, there would be traffic, more eyeballs on the, on the site, you know, um, but do you recommend, what's your recommendation of the format? Is it just, to, to, to link an emotion um, to, 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 to your brand and you know, create that awareness and put the customer at the core and say, hey, you know, this could be you and we, we, you take them through that hero journey. That, that's or, it. It's okay. about awareness. We always want, you know, we always encourage our clients to have a memorable website URL, have a memorable mm-hmm. name. You know, we've mm-hmm. tried QR codes. We've had a lot of people ask, oh, should we put a QR code? We've tested it. It just doesn't work. You know, a lot of these streaming commercials, you can't pause it. You can't rewind it. So if you're watching a commercial, it's 30 seconds and you decide after 15 seconds, hey, I'm kind of interested in learning about it. Let me think about it. Let me see if I want to use. By the time you've decided you want the QR code, it's 20 seconds. Then you've got to go find your phone. You've got to figure out where it is. You got to get your phone. Then you got to like, oh, how do I get to the camera app? Then you got to get it into focus. And by the time you get there, the commercial's gone. Um, so yeah. from a consumer standpoint, we've not seen the QR codes be very effective. But what we have been seen effective is if you can ensure your SEO is optimized. So people search for the thing they're going to remember in your commercial. And if you can show up there, then you have a much better chance of getting those commercial views to translate into new website visitors. I, I agree. Well, I agree. I agree. I agree. And then for brand, let's give a hypothetical e-commerce brand, um, like someone, like a brand that's listening to this. So, so let's say we have a consumer brand. They sell coffee, right? And um, they're they're doing maybe north of twenty million dollars a year in revenue. You know, processing quite a lot of orders. National brand, and they're looking at connected TV finally. You know, um, as as a potential channel. How many ads do you think um, they should run? You know, on um, so so how many actual messages should they you know should they have? And um, would a strategy like looking at their own customer data and saying, "Hey, we have a cluster of customers in New York and, and California," kind of like be a signpost for them for the targeting in? In, in the connected TV. So using existing data to say, okay, and um, we've seen where there's success. Let's double down on success, success with this channel. Uh, just, yeah. What are your thoughts there? 
Yeah. So first off, marketing strategy should align to business strategy. So if the business says, hey, we need to win with a specific customer, then the marketing strategy should align there. And, and, and then that should inform which messages you highlight. So if, if, you're, if you have two or three customer segments, but it's a similar message, you may only need one ad message. Um, a lot of times, it, you know, message doesn't wear out very quickly. And for smaller brands that are just starting, wear out should be the least of the concern. And after six months, if you're saturating the market, then sure, you can think about changing messages, updating creative, things of that nature. But it all should be derived from what's the business strategy say you have to grow with? Do you have a marketing strategy to win with that consumer? Is this, can this be a subset? And then what's the message that matters to that customer? And if you, if you have a different, like if, let's just take your coffee brand. Maybe there's a consumer message for coffee lovers. And then there's a B2B message for commercial contracts. And maybe, so maybe you have two different commercials and they have slightly different value propositions that you articulate. For the B2B, it might be about bringing the best in at an affordable price for your office. For the consumer, it might be brew the best fresh at home every morning. And mm-hmm. so it's a slightly different message with a similar underlying theme. Mm-hmm. Same brand, different message, if, because they're, they're different segments, essentially. Exactly. So let the, okay. let the business strategy, marketing strategy define how many creatives you ultimately need. And don't worry about wear out unless you're spending a lot of money and your data shows mm-hmm. you're saturating the market. Okay. And then from a reach perspective, what, um, when do they you know, sort of stop and look at the numbers and say, okay, these are, this, this, this is, the, this is the data and um, that we need to make X and X moves. Yeah. Do, do, do you need like a million impressions, for instance, to, to, to understand, you know, what, what's going on to start to, to really you know, sort of make tweaks to, to, to whatever offer you, you have or um, commercial, you have a message you have? No, it's a, it's a good question. I don't think there's an exact there's not an exact science, but I will say you generally have to give it time. You generally have to be ready to give it a little bit of time because based on the purchase cycle, like take coffee, you know, I order coffee at home, but I order it every two months. So if you showed me a commercial right after my last order and I intended to switch, it might be two months before you see me order the next batch of coffee. So if you don't see results in a week, that doesn't mean it's not working. It's important to line up your evaluation criteria of success or what's working to the purchase cycle and try to be make sure your evaluation window is longer than a normal purchase cycle. So if the purchase cycle is two months, give it three months. The purchase cycle is, is several months, give it a few more months than that. That way, you're not, you're not falsely reading pluses or, or minuses. I think that's a hard thing. We all want immediate results. We want to see movement happen overnight. And you can look at things more quickly, like how new people are coming to the website. And that should happen much more quickly. But really, the benefit of awareness advertising shows over several months, it builds like a mm-hmm. snowball and, and just keeps going the longer you keep it running. So, so what's a typical budget for, for like a $20 million brand for, for, for Connected TV? For a $20 million brand, you know, it's hard. I don't want to give a hard and fast rule because some brands have to spend more. Some brands have to spend less. It depends on what your go-to-market strategy is. But if you're talking about a B2C brand that's trying to sell direct on their website and it's a newer brand, 
the traditional rule of thumb is two to three percent of your PL goes to marketing. But I think if you're committed to building and growing the brand, you may have to think a lot more. You may have to think five, seven, eight percent, maybe even more to truly build the brand and get awareness. Because you're up against incumbents like Starbucks and other brands that people think about first when they're out there. You know, I always I always use the analogy. Imagine you're trying to convince your friend to buy this new coffee brand. You may or may not be successful, but you're having a one-to-one conversation. You're able to read their responses and, and sell them on what matters to them. And even then, you're not guaranteed success. Mm-hmm. Now imagine trying to do the sa- same thing by writing a message on a whiteboard and holding it up. It's going to get harder. Now do it through an advertisement. And so persistence and consistency are the things that ultimately break through in that, in that situation. Mm. Mm-hmm. So going back to your budget question, I think it depends on your brand and what stage it's at. Um, uh, one thing you can always do with digital tools is if you want to see what happens, you can pick a market. I always tell people, hey, you know, instead of spending your entire budget in one month and trying to evaluate, why don't we pick a narrow market segment, a narrow geography, and let that run for several months. And let's look at what happens there because you're going to get a much better feel for what's happening. You're not going to feel the stress of a big spend. And as you get learnings, maybe you hone the message. Maybe we hone the targeting. And then you can expand it and set some more clear expectations on what a nationwide campaign might look like. That's a good, 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 good points there. Good points. Um, I'd have liked to get a number, but, but, but that's, it's, it's okay. Finally, from, from a banner so would you suggest you run banner ads side-by-side connected TV or um, do brands find success with connected TV anyway? Yeah, one, one, one thing I'll do, uh, you, you know, as far as a number, one thing I always say, there's, there's a simple formula if you want to calculate a number. Look at how many mm-hmm. prospective customers you want to reach. So forget that you're a $20 million brand. Let's just say you identify there are 100,000 coffee lovers that this product will resonate with and you want to reach them four times a month, well, there, you need 400,000 impressions. And you could figure out the cost and budget on 400,000 impressions. With us, that would be about, let's see, four, 16, about $16,000 a month, if I did my math okay. correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on connected TV, you could do that for you know maybe about a quarter to half of that with banner ads. But if you're looking to size, a lot of it comes down to how many people do you want to reach? Mm-hmm. That's arguably more important than the size of the brand. How many people do you want to reach to make a difference? Okay. Okay. So, so CPMs are about $25. On, on the connected TV, we guarantee it'll be under $40. Our average mm-hmm. is in the low 30s. And then on banner ads, it's generally around $4. We see some that are, that are, that are a lot less. It just depends on how narrow the targeting is. Okay. And with the banner ads, what's the objective? Is it click-through rates or is it impressions? It's the impressions. We see 98% of conversions on banner ads actually fall on impression, not a click. Okay. Let's speak to, to banner ads now. So with impression, with, with, with banner ads, um, what formats do you agree? Because at the end of the day, it's really brand recall you're after, right? Yeah. So we offer an animated HTML5 ad with every campaign. It's included in our pricing. Because like I said, you know, the, the, the creative is so important. We want to make sure we're helping put together creative that maximizes the value of each impression. So mm-hmm. in terms of format, we every campaign includes a 300 by 250 
animated HTML5. That is the most abundant inventory size across both mobile and desktop. And then for larger advertisers, we'll put together several other sizes that are most commonly used. But they're all animated so that you can tell a story. You're not relying on just a static image. Okay, okay. So with Back to Connected TV, you can you sort of um, target like local news, for instance? Um, so let's say someone's in Oregon and um, they're, they're in a certain um, you know town in Oregon. Can, can you sort of target... Um, you know, that location and say, okay, at the nine o'clock news, we, we want to run this out no, or, we, or are they... We, we can, but, you know, we, we go back to that audience first mentality. Mm-hmm. Rather than the day and guessing the day and time of who, when your target customer is watching, tell us who they are. And regardless True. of what they're watching and when they're watching, we'll reach that customer. The old True. way of thinking is I have to guess when the customer is watching and try to advertise there. With connected TV, you can now pinpoint that audience. So whether they're watching the local news, HGTV, um, ESPN, whatever that might be, yeah. you can now reach them regardless of what they're watching and when they're watching. If they're watching over lunch, if they're watching right after work, if they're watching early in the morning, it, you can reach them when they're watching instead of having mm-hmm. to guess. So every every household is 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 profiled, and you could even say like a household could have multiple profiles because they have maybe teenage kids. Absolutely. Um, you know, they might have you know toddlers at the same time. You know, they might be you know working for corporate America and you know live in a certain you know area where home prices are you know um, a million plus, and and so you have all that rich data to to really really follow them. Makes sense. They, Makes there, sense. There's a lot of data out there and there's creative ways to utilize it. And one of the things we always do is if, if somebody's interested, they, they talk that we run a product demo, we show them how the platform works and then we'll put together a proposal. So we'll say, Hey, tell us about who you want to reach. And we'll be very clear on this is how we can target. These are the things we cannot do to target, but this is, this is the way we would approach targeting a customer. Does this work or not? And it's never exact the way people talk about it. So you might say, hey, I want uh, kids under 16. And we might say, hey, we can only reach households. We can confirm their households with kids under 18. And you might say, okay, that's close enough. So there are some limitations. It's not infinite. There's nearly infinite choices, but it's not infinite. So sometimes what we'll do is we'll come back with what's the closest match to what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. And and I guess if listeners can visualize this or prepare themselves mentally that this is top of funnel, and you know the the cycle for for potential return is is not is a minimum ninety days. Um, they they can sort of project forward and understand how the platform works over time while preparing, you know, as you said, the SEO, for instance, so aligning right. very very well with the message. You know, you're retargeting ads because you you now have more more uh, more visitors to Cookie, you know, on your website for retargeting. So so it's it's exactly. kind of like yeah yeah. Well, Aditya, I, I I could I could go I could go on and on and on. I'm just I'm I'm very very impressed by your personal story as well as the Wariti's you know um story. Um, fascinated by by Connected TV, and I hope 
you know, listeners have gained a ton. I've never spoken about Connected TV before. Um, so Connected TV, and let's not even leave banner ads. A lot of us, um, you know, forget about banner ads as a platform. So it was very interesting to, to see, you know, what the options are there. For those who want to find out more about um, Arati, it's A-W-A-R-I-T-Y.com. I will link to it in the show notes. Um, are you yourself active on any social platforms if people really, you know, enjoyed anyone listening to this point <laughs> up to up until this point has, has enjoyed no, you know, your voice and <laughs> and your insights so um, are you active on any social channels i would say linkedin linkedin okay. is the best one i post i post content from time to time different blog content um other podcasts that i appear on uh working i'm currently working on a marketing book uh mm. to help businesses apply the best practices from big companies to businesses of all sizes. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that'll be ready for release later this year. Um, and I'll have updates on, on LinkedIn as well. Oh, please, please. I would, um, you know, love to, to add it to, to, to my read list. So yeah, let us know when, when you're, um, when, when you're, when it's ready, when you're published, when you're fully published, I've, I've sent you a connection request, um, on LinkedIn and I'd also share your LinkedIn, you know, ID in, in the show notes. Adesia, so, so thank you very much for, for coming on the 2X e-commerce podcast show. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. It was, it was a real pleasure.